Breakfast. Nola Payne is joining us this morning. She's the head of faculty of information and communication technology. Um, and she's at uh, the I. Ie, she'll be talking to us about why matrix should still aim to recreate their own exam experience at home. Nola, thank you for joining us this morning. How are you? I'm very well, and you? Thanks for having me, Wasanga. I'm so empathetic towards the, the educators and even the parents who need to make sure, and 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 the poor pupils who have to make sure that they uh, salvage something for this year. How feasible is it, Nola? Could you just give us a context of, um, firstly, what would we be looking at if it was just a normal matric year compared to this year? Well, I mean, you know, it's one of those milestone years that parents and matriculants, you know, and family look forward to. Sort of the end of your schooling era, you're now moving on to um, being an adult into your senior phase of, um, of selecting what you want to do in your career. And I think it's just really, it's, it's really an unfortunate circumstance that they're placed in. I mean, there are no, they probably missed out on their matric farewells. Um, you know, all of those kind of little things that make matric different from every other time of, um, mm. your school year. So, and it's, but it's a situation none of us can do anything about. We're stuck in it all together. There are hundreds of thousands of other matriculants mm-hmm. that are in the same boat. Um, so, you know, it may feel if you're locked down in your house that it's just you and your small circle of friends that are now having this issue and you're panicking and what about exams? How am I going to apply to university and so forth? But if you look at the extent of the problem and the bigger picture, mm. um, it's right across the country. It's all matriculants. They all have the same problems. They all need to apply um, for tertiary education if that's what they're planning to do. Um, so the world... As they know, it will shift around that. Universities are obviously going to um, adjust their admission requirements, move their academic year to fit in with the matriculants mm. and so forth. So, I mean, they shouldn't panic on that, but they can prepare themselves and try and make it the exam experience as normal as possible um, to prepare themselves for those final exams because that's not going to change. The format that the exam has always been in is going to be the same. Mm. They've now missed out on the mid-year exam experience, which is a very important one um, that prepares them for their prelim exam. Yes. And then the prelim obviously prepares you for the final exam. Um, so these mid-year ones are now sort of not there anymore. Some schools may give them a mock exam, for mm-hmm. example, when they go back now. I know there are some schools that went back this week and the students are going straight into exam hall and they're writing um, uh, mock exams. Mm. So it's really a situation that nobody can control. They have to make the best of a bad situation. And at home, while they're preparing for these prelim exams, um, can simulate the environment. Yes. You know, download past papers, and they are available. Um, The Department of Basic Education's website has got Mm. uh, national senior certificate exams you can download. And the IEB website has got past IEB um, exam papers they can download and write. Write it together with your friends. Mm. I mean, we're all into the Zoom thing now, you know, with the families and, and whatever. Do the same with your friends. Set up a Zoom session, write the exam. If you get stuck, chat with each other. You know, and it's that kind of um, collaboration they need. And not to be, you know, the teacher shouldn't be asking them to do this. This should be something that they, it's their own initiative. 
and and they take it in as part of the preparing for the exam. How do we recreate uh, this uh, exam environment, because this uh, exam experience? Because there are benefits uh, um, for this, and I'm sure you're going to let us know a, a bit more about the value of create, recreating this this uh, exam experience. Can you give us some tips of how this can be done at home? Um, yeah, well, the first thing I've just said is um, past papers. They're invaluable. Um, if you look at the trend over the past couple of years for the way that a particular subject's paper is set, it's not going to change dramatically from that. So if you can practice on past papers, say, for exa- example, your science paper, the science structure of a paper is going to be the same year after year. So it gives you that insight into what to expect. And it also helps with the prelims because the teachers would have set the prelims um, to reflect or to mirror the kind of exam that um, the mm. students would expect at the end of the year. Um, it gives them a chance to practice so at the correct level of the kinds of questions um, they can expect, maybe a different variety of mm. uh, answers and so forth. So it's a, it's a very important way to prepare them for the final exam and really for life. I mean, if you think about the situation, it's so unique. Um, everybody, all these matriculants have to stand up um, and almost take on a whole lot of other responsibilities and be, you know, really adult in this situation. They've mm. got to practice all the social distancing and, you know, all of these other kinds of rules and wearing masks around the normal stresses of matric. So it's uh, it's important to prepare themselves, you know, yourself. If you, pr- if you practice, you know, they say practice makes perfect, but it doesn't only make perfect, it makes you more... Um, settled in yourself and you're prepared for the unexpected. Nola, how, how would you compare a child who's well prepared, who's not anxious, who's gone through the papers, uh, to a child who goes into an exam maybe um, just with lack, lack, a lackadaisical approach to it? What are the differences between those two kind of uh, learners? Well, I think a lot of it comes down to personality in the, you know, initially. You know, you're either a, a driven performing kind of person or you're more laid back um, but I, you know I'll leave those kinds of comments to <laughs> my mom used to, she really I was so I was, I was so stressed <laughs> you know how hacked I was with my mom she celebrated when I matriculated I was like but mom that wasn't the goal it's about how I'm going to get into matric am I going to get a person am I going to get to university <laughs> she assumed I wasn't studying and I was going to the library that was my process so yeah. and, and we talk about active parent parenting at the moment it's not enough to just maybe uh, photocopy uh, test papers for the last five years and dump there, dump them there. How can we be part of the journey and just make sure it's a bit more tangible? I loved the engagement uh, Muhammad Ali used to have with his daughter. He used to ask her, what do you want to do every single day? Why do you want to do it? And uh, what is? how can we encapsulate that type of relationship with academics and studying and looking towards the future? Because it's a really, really stressful time. Well, you know, I think it's a great time now for parents to actually connect and engage with their matriculants. They're young adults, they're reaching this point in their, their life where they're moving out of the child stage of school, so, you know, mm. into the next stage, and the young adults, when they go to university or college or whatever it is, or just move on to a, a job or TVET college or um, something like that, they're going to be treated as young adults. You know, they've got a lot more responsibility, um, they're going to be asked these you know, strange questions like you just said Muhammad Ali would have asked his daughter. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to think critically. So there's a, it's a completely different world from the way they know it now. Yeah. So I think it's important for parents to actually start 
not only preparing the kids for that kind of world out there, but themselves. I think it's quite a shock to um, to an entire family the way things change once um, they get out of matric and into a tertiary environment. So, you know, I think it's just engaging with them on a on a more mature adult level, talking about the future. What are you? What are your plans for the future? What are your dreams? You know, often um, mm. plans don't align with dreams. You know, talk to them about well, if you're dreaming and you want to be that, why aren't you planning in that direction? You know, help them um, mm. maybe research different avenues to to reach the dream. You know, which kind of courses. Um, Mm. What qualifications should you do? Where do you want to do it? You know, it's it's those kind of conversations, and they don't have to be serious conversations. Um, it's those kind of conversations where not only by having them, you, you're making yourself as a parent feel um, more settled, but it's giving your matriculum something to think about, you know, something mm. to dream about, something to aim for. In other words, if I work hard and study now... Um, this is what I can achieve. Yes, but it's so difficult to see that when you're in matric and you could be, I mean, I they, they just allowed alcohol to come free. Some children are experimenting with liquor. And I think that uh, parent-child relationship, once they see the value of what you're, you're, you're giving them, it's not just to say there's going to be a stick. Listen, you're going to, there's a doom and gloom aspect of it. I've even seen millennial parents, the way that they go through a report card, for example, they, the way they talk about failure, I think is quite key. In varsity, I experienced... Uh, some very tragic incidents where students took their own lives because of those kind of pressures. These are mm-hmm. our hearts. These are, are, are a reflection of who we are. And we need to be able to limit our own expectations in order not to sort of manage that pressure. What advice is there towards failure and those kind of things? Because things may not turn out that way. It's difficult to see the future when you're young beyond failure. Look, it's not the end of the world. Whether you do fantastically well in matric or you're really one of those strugglers and you're not doing well, or even if you fail on a trick, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's one year out of your lifetime. Um, and, you know, as you get older, what is one year? You know, if I ask you what happened in 2013, <laughs> can you actually even remember? Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the years go by. And, and one year is not the end of the world. This year in particular, it's something that has um, never happened before. Mm. And um, our world going forward is probably not going to change. So it would be... Maybe a good idea to reflect as a parent, not to pressurize your matriculant if they're really struggling um, mm. emotionally, mentally with this kind of lockdown. I mean, there are a lot of, of people that, that are really not coping in this kind of environment. Um, you know, just take it easy on them. Don't put the additional pressure on top of them of performing for, for the matric exams. Take a step back, look at the bigger picture. And really, I mean, you look at it, is your child's life more or less important than the actual results that they're going to get at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, how important is matric to, mm. you know, to the family or to them, yeah. I remember with my mom, she put quite a lot of pressure because uh, simulating the exam environments uh, provides uh, a lot of preparation. I often think of athletes. I was looking at the Olympics, which were suspended. Can you imagine an athlete who's been preparing for the last three years for a, a, a tournament and then all of a sudden it's off and then it's on again? And the preparation of our students at the moment and the insights they may have been able to gather, how can we maybe provide them with a buffer or a similar type of insight into what next year may look like for them? Um, I don't think any of us know what next year is going to look like. But, I mean, you know, as an adult um, um, athlete is trained in the physical uh, performance uh, and within their sport, they're also trained mentally. Mm. So, I mm. mean, they would have had a strong mental and psychological 
um, foundation to work on, you know, to, for the understanding of the, the Olympics to be cancelled. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we neglect with our kids. Um, you know, we push them academically, we may yeah, push them physically yeah. in the sport. But have you, as a parent, um, prepared them emotionally and mentally for different outcomes? Mm. Um, you know, uh, every year it would have been go to school, you write your exams, you get your results, you move on, and so forth. Mm. This is different. Have you sat down and had a chat to your kids about uh, what the consequences are of it being different, how it's different? And I'm not just talking about wearing a mask, washing mm. your hands, all of those things. How's it different? How's it going to affect their life um, and, you know, going mm. forward? And I think it's just also not look at the personal situation that's happening at home. Mm-hmm. Look at this. Apparently, there's over a million matriculants that are going to be writing the exams at the end of the year. A million that are in the same situation. I mm. mean, that's huge. So it's not just about panicking about what's going to happen now in your situation. Mm-hmm. Um, accept it and prepare yourself for when you do go back into writing exams um, and make sure you are then prepared properly. I mean, it's, it's actually a wonderful time to be able to sit down and focus and prepare for those exams. You would never have had this um, amount of time before. Um, you would have been in class and you would have had sport and you would have had something else going on. Um, and I know they go back, um, some of them have gone back this week. I think the Western Cape has gone back this week with some mm. private districts. Mm. But the uh, um, majority of them will be going back in June. I'm uh, sorry, in 8th of June next Monday. Um, and there's some that aren't going to go back. You know, some parents have decided to, to hold the kids back. And it doesn't matter. It's all okay. Um, mm. Whether you're going back to school or you're not, you're going to continue doing it at home, or you may have decided to suspend your matric now and redo it next year, that's fine. You know, but you can still prepare yourself now for the journey onto the, the matric exams. To make the best of the year, um, you know, try and sort out all the noise and the chaos that's going around. Prepare yourself, download exam papers, you know. Do it with your friends virtually um, mm-hmm. over Zoom or something. Uh, get your parents or your, your um, family members involved. They can perhaps assist you in setting papers or taking bits of past exam papers, putting them together, creating a new one. You know, try and write it under exam um, situations. In other words, if it's a two-hour exam, sit down and write the whole thing for two hours. So there's a way to build structure into an unstructured environment, mm-hmm. and I think that's what they should look at. Thank you so much, Nolan. Just a quick word of encouragement to our educators. I had a incredible teacher, educator, who uh, would have those extra classes. I, I can't imagine the preparation because educators need to be prepared as well for this kind of environment. What would your uh, words of encouragement be to those educators? Well, first of all, I mean, I'm thrilled to hear you had that one teacher that stood out in, mm. um, and it's the kind of thing I had one too, and, you know, like 50 years later, I still remember everything about it. And I think those are uh, our teachers. We've got a lot of wonderful teachers like that, which we as perhaps parents don't appreciate the impact they're having on the kids. Yeah. And I think those teachers must hang in there. They're doing a fantastic job. Uh, it's a lot of hard work. Um, if you think as a matriculant you've been thrown in, into an uncertain environment, so have the teachers. They've never done this kind of teaching online before. They don't know. Um, and they're doing a wonderful job. I've seen videos yeah. online um, and on school social media pages and that. The fantastic job. And it's something, it's a new way of thinking. 
And these kids, the first ones coming out, they're sort of the front line leading the way of a new way of being. True. They're the ones that have been the guinea pigs as such in this online learning. I mean, it's a fantastic situation to be in. Teachers have learned so much. Teachers are doing a fantastic job. The students, I think, have had to learn and had to mature, get, you know, grow up a bit. Take <laughs> a lot of responsibility. You know, mm. you're not standing in front of a class and a teacher's telling you what to do. You had to be at home and you had to take the initiative um, and do a lot of work on your own without um, that face-to-face classroom support. So I think it's, you know, it's a strange thing to say, but I think in a way it's it's been a good experience for not only the families in the home with the matriculants, but for the educators as well. I think it's been a huge learning curve. Nola Payne is the Head of Faculty, Information and Communications Technology at the Independent Institute of Education. Nola, thank you so much for your insights this morning and the incredible work that you are doing. Please do stay safe. Thank you, Vasang. Enjoy your day.